Are you trying to connect with your path in life? Do you have a hard time trusting your gut? Do you wonder why you keep attracting the same type of relationship energy? Do you wonder what intuition is and how it works? Get ready for the Elise Intuition Radio Show, hosted by Dr. Elise Holland. This globally syndicated radio show is empowering you to transform your life by connecting with your higher self through intuition, meditation, and mindfulness in all areas of your life. Coming to you live on Blog Talk Radio, this hit show is tailor-made to help you realize your full potential through body, mind, and spirit. Dr. Elise brings her knowledge, experience, and sense of humor to each show while introducing you to guests from all over the world who are experts in the fields of spirituality, energy healing, holistic wellness, alternative medicine, and nutrition. Call in with your questions or share some of your own experiences in connection with your intuition and emotional healing. The Elise Intuition Radio Show starts now. Here's your host, Dr. Elise. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Elise Intuition Radio Show. My name is Dr. Elisa Holland, but people around the world calls me Dr. Elise. I'm a mom, real estate agent, energy healer, international intuitive life coach, researcher, and radio personality. Through my 501c3 not-for-profit Elise Spiritual Healing and Wellness Center, which can be found at www.elisehealingcenter.com, I help people heal their emotional bodies and discover their life purpose through intuitive life coaching and flower essence. We did a clinical research study at our healing center and presented those results in Paris, France last year. You can also gain access to those results on our website. Just look for the research tab on our main website. Our spiritual healing and wellness center is dedicated to helping individuals realize their full potential through their body, mind, and spirit by providing spiritual education, guidance, healing, and transformation through various digital platforms. Each third Wednesday of every month, we have our regular show with special guests from around the world, or I present intuitive guidance and messages from the spirit and angels at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio. If you have been following my life's work, then you know that my spiritual origin is of an angel. I communicate with all of the archangels and the divine spirit. As the spirit guide me, you may also notice some special or bonus shows on our upcoming schedule. So stay tuned. I have some spiritual messages that I will share with you at the end of our show today. Whether you're a regular listener, long-time listener, or you just found out about the Elise Intuition Radio Show, we are so glad that you are here with us. We are very excited to take some of your calls, and you can call into the show on 929-477-3973. Stay with us for the next hour as we have a special guest on the call. Today we have South Africa's number one metaphysical minister, founder of Soul Home Law of Attraction coach and speaker, Reverend Stephanie Clark. Reverend Steph was born in London, England. She visited her mother in South Africa for the first time in 1986, and there she had a vision of creating a multiracial ministry to heal the wounds of apartheid. 
She completed her ministerial studies at Agape in Los Angeles under Reverend Dr. Michael Beckwith of The Secret. In 2000, Reverend Stephanie Clark founded Soul Home in Johannesburg, South Africa. It was the first New Thought multiracial spiritual community in post-apartheid South Africa. Reverend Stephanie enjoys taking her message of spiritual empowerment outside the walls of church. God and Sex was the provocative title of her recent talk at the New Thought Conference in Johannesburg in 2017, Birthing Our Divine Feminine from History to Her Story, with keynote speakers Reverend Dr. Michael Bewith and Lisa Nichols, also of The Secret. In addition to speaking, writing, and coaching, Reverend Stephanie Clark also facilitates non-denominational sacred ceremonies and spiritual journeys to the world's sacred sites. Her work is about transformation, reviving the art of the priestess in the ancient goddess religions, and bringing sacred ceremony back into the mainstream to heal, uplift, and unite. On that note, please welcome Reverend Stephanie Clark to the Elise Intuition Radio Show. Hi, hello, Reverend Clark. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm just fine. Thanks for joining in with us today. Delighted to be here, Dr. Elise. Thank you. You're welcome. So we just want to know, how did you get into the work of sacred ceremony? Oh, okay. Well, thank you for asking. Um, I, I grew up in England, and I didn't have any particular religious uh, education or background at all. And um, from early on, though, I was on a, a spiritual search, even though I might not have been able to identify that. But I, I was searching for meaning. I was searching for something. I was not enjoying my childhood. And uh, my search led me to South Africa, where I started studying the science of mind, which is the teaching that Louise Hay has so beautifully articulated in a whole her books. And the science of mind teaching then took me to America where I studied to be a minister. And while I was in California, I I was uh, I was working and the, the job I got was with the help of a religious science minister that was who was my teacher in ministerial school. She introduced me to a couple called Doug and Diana Krushki. And Doug on the surface seemed to be a management consultant. And his wife seemed to be his partner in the business. But they were, in, in their own way, spiritual giants, wonderful people. And they taught me so much. And what they had done was they had apprenticed themselves to Native American Indians. They'd gone on vision quests. They'd participated in sacred ceremonies. And they had gathered the knowledge of how to create a ceremony. And that's what they taught me. So something that was a unique experience that I had with them. We also studied ceremonies in ministerial school. We learned how to conduct a wedding and a memorial and a christening. Uh, But that was, in a way, quite... um, It was just about the format. How do you do that? And the actual essence of ceremony, I feel like I really learned from Doug and Diana. Okay. So you had mentioned that you you came to Los Angeles, California. Who who ordained you as a minister? And and what was the name of the organization you went to for that? Okay. So the teaching that I started studying in South Africa was called The Science of Mind. And the church that I studied at was called the Church of Religious Science. 
And when I did my first ministerial training in California, it was uh, at Santa Anita, which is near Pasadena. Um, and it was an independent metaphysical school. But while I was studying at Santa Anita, one of my colleagues at the school told me about Reverend Michael Beckwith. And my mission at the time was to start a multiracial, a multiracial ministry in South Africa, which would heal the wounds of apartheid. So they told me about Reverend Michael, that he was an African-American, that he had a, a huge spiritual community with people from all different races and colors and backgrounds. And as soon as I met Reverend Michael, I knew that I had found my teacher. And so even though I finished my education at San to Anita, it turned out that I wasn't really ready to go back to South Africa. I knew that there was more for me to do, and I did a second ministerial training at Agape under Reverend Michael Beckwith. Okay, okay. That's helpful for us to know because our listeners will, you know, sometimes sacred ceremonies or is a topic that many people um, can take in many different ways depending on their background with it. So our next question for you is why sacred ceremonies are important? Okay, that's a great question. Um, well, I think what we find in, let me talk about traditional Christian culture because that's the one that I grew up in. So when someone dies, there's a memorial. When someone gets married, there's a wedding. And when, when a baby is born, there's a christening often. And Often these ceremonies are run by the church or the, yeah, the local religious institution. And often the ceremonies have a particular format, like there's a script and the religious leader usually just puts the perfect name in the script so that he's reading the same script for every wedding, for every memorial and for every christening. So it's very impersonal. And particularly in the case of memorials, people come to those ceremonies with so much grief in their hearts often or, or else they're disconnected from the person who died and they, they don't have a sense of relationship with that person. Maybe they've come to support the family. So in, inside of the sacred ceremony, what, what needs to happen is there needs to be a shift, a transformational shift. And that's not what I've experienced in traditional churches often. Um, the, the shift that I'm talking about is, is a sense of um, a movement from a sense of separation to a greater sense of connection and oneness. And that shift, that if, if a sacred ceremony is facilitated uh, with, with, with a, an awareness of what's being created, then that shift takes place whether it's a christening, whether it's a wedding, whether it's a memorial service. So in a memorial service, the shift is away from the sense of death being finite and into an awareness of the oneness of all life and no boundaries and no borders and heaven and earth are one. And a sense of I'm still connected to that person, even though that person is now on the other side, because there are no, there's no separation in the spirit. So that's for a memorial. That's the kind of shift that is helpful and healing to undergo. In a wedding ceremony, the couple are shifting from singleness or singlehood to a married life. So they're making that shift from a sense of separation to a sense of connectedness with one another. But it's also a greater connectedness with their spiritual life because when they come together there's a if the ceremony again is is set up properly for them there's a synergy that happens when the two people agree to be married to each other and to be in a win-win relationship with each other so that that means that they agree to work out every conflict in a win-win way and they don't just get divorced or leave one another when the going gets rough so they have a an, a spiritual commitment to their own growth inside of that relationship inside of that marriage. And for a christening, when a new baby is born, that baby changes all the relationships 
in the community that it's born into. So if it's a, the first baby that a couple has, so suddenly the, the parents have shifted from being um, a married couple to, or a couple together, not necessarily married, but from a, being a couple to being parents. And their parents then shift to being grandparents. And all the people in their family and in their community of friends are connected to one another in a new way because they are all part of the life of this newborn baby. So when a baby is born, we're celebrating the potential that's coming into our midst. We're celebrating this, this fresh, innocent being who is filled full with magnificent potential and the job of the work of the ceremony is to acknowledge that to to really see that and hold the vision for that child and to welcome them to welcome that child to the earth plane and let them know that they're loved that they're wanted that they're that their spiritual um, essence and unique individuality that they bring is exactly what's required for everybody in that community to move forward in their spiritual journey Okay, thank you for sharing that information. Now, you mentioned earlier that traditional religious ceremonies often don't work. Mm. Now, when it comes to weddings, memorials, and baby blessings, how do you add that transformational piece into those sacred ceremonies? Okay, well, I think... The first thing is that I know that that's what needs to happen. So I start my preparation with the family with the intention that that will happen. Um, and I think that's an important piece. We're not just doing an uh, event planning together. We're actually consciously preparing for this transformational shift to occur. So that's, I think that's there from the beginning. And usually what I do with... Uh, particularly with uh, wedding couples is we do visioning together before the ceremony before we uh, when we're when we're planning the ceremony so normally with wedding couples i would have at least three sessions that i would require to vision with them and to get clear on what their purpose is together as a married couple because if they can live together and not have any shame or judgment from the society that they're in then why do they want to get married so for me, if they just say, well, we love each other, I think, well, you know, okay, but that's not really enough. I want to, to know what their vision is, and if they don't know, then I want to help them get in touch with that. So that when people see them getting married at the front of the chapel or the sacred space that they've chosen, everyone who sees them and witnesses them gets a sense of, ah, this is what love is. This is what love really means. This is the unique love relationship between these two people. So then everybody goes through an expansion when they recognize true love in front of them between that's being shared between the couple. So visioning, I should maybe speak a little bit more about visioning, if I may. Uh, visioning is a term that was coined by Reverend Michael Beckwith, and he used this process to start his own very successful ministry, Agape, in Santa Monica. So what he would do is he used to invite his uh, closest friends and spiritual practitioners to his home on a weekly basis, and they're about somewhere between 12 and 20 people that would sit in a circle with him and they would go into a meditation space and then they, they would ask spirit, what is the divine vision for this ministry? What is the divine purpose of this ministry? What is my individual role in this ministry? So questions would be asked and then each person would have the time to reflect on that question. And at the end of the visioning exercise, everyone would share what kind of information or intuitive insights they got from spirit while they were in the visioning silence together. 
And then those notes would be written down and sometimes there would be guidance for the next step. Sometimes there would just be a feeling tone or an energetic sense of what the ministry would be about. So I use that very same process when I'm preparing for a christening and also preparing for a a wedding. I keep saying christening, sorry, I, I guess I'm also a bit stuck in traditional language for this kind of ceremony but I much prefer the word baby blessing so thank you for using that earlier um, yeah so I would vision with the, the parents of the child or I'd vision with the wedding couple to find out what is the essence of this ceremony what is it that we're wanting to embody here what do we want to bring forth into the midst of everybody present so that everybody who comes and attends is lifted up and reminded of their own unique spiritual essence and the journey that they're on i hope i answered your question yes you did yes you did because it's like a big aha moment even came on for me so when it comes to sacred ceremonies that is the transformational piece because it's as if you are inviting the spirit into these ceremonies. Is that accurate? I just got a shiver when you said that. Thank you. That's exactly it. You've just said it in one sentence. We're inviting the spirit into the ceremony. And that is often what is missing in traditional ceremonies where the religious leader is just following a script. Wow. (laughs) That's powerful. Before we (laughs) take a break, can you tell us, how to get a free copy of your ebook? Sure, yeah. So I've written an ebook to help people create their own memorial services, and the listeners can find it on my website. So my website address is www.timelesstransitions.net. Timelesstransitions.net. And the name of my ebook is Seven Steps to Creating a Healing Memorial Service for a Loved One. So I take uh, the readers through the process of preparing their own memorial service so they don't feel obligated to go to a traditional religious institution to have a sacred ceremony for their loved ones. Okay, thank you so much for sharing that. And how would you like for listeners to contact you? Um, It's great to contact me through my website. And otherwise, um, I've got a Facebook page and um, I've written a book. I do a blog. So shall I give you those contact links? Yes, yes. Okay, so my book is called The Misadventures of an Irreverent Reverend, A Spirited Guide for Rebels and Renegades. And that's my autobiography that came out last year, uh, end of 2016. And it's on Amazon, and it's in uh, paperback or Kindle. And my my blog is called Miracles, Mysteries, and Metaphysical Musings. And so the the address is the WordPress site. It's miraclesandmysteries.wordpress.com. And otherwise, I have a Facebook uh, fan page for speaking and writing, and I've also got a Facebook fan page for my ceremonies. So I think people can find me probably the easiest through my website. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing with us, Reverend Stephanie Clark. This is Dr. Elise with Reverend Stephanie Clark. We're going on a quick break. And when we return, Reverend Clark will focus on dealing with death and creating a ceremony for a traumatic release. Stay tuned. Thank you. 
it. Here go the secrets on how to keep it real. Take some time alone so you can chill. It don't take a lot of time to know the deal. Must be ready to hear the truth. For loving you, for loving you. If you love you, you will get the same vibe. So go find your tribe. Love yourself instead of your pride. For the love of you. You are worth it. You are love. You are value. You, you, for the love of you. back on the Elise Intuition Radio Show with Dr. Elise and special guest, Reverend Stephanie Clark. We are continuing the conversation about sacred ceremonies, and we are now going to focus on dealing with death. Reverend Stephanie Clark, are you there? I'm here. I'm listening. Okay. So death is something that, you know, we we do not like to talk about a lot, but mm-hmm. how do you create sacred ceremonies when dealing with, with death? Um, okay, so I'm, I'm also surprised at myself, I must say, that I enjoy memorials as much as I do because it sounds a little sick that I really enjoy dealing with death and helping people move through the grief process, but what I find is that in the moment of death, everybody loses control, and people become very raw and very real, and I love that. I love that. I find um, a baby blessing or particularly a wedding, a wedding is a lot about the romantic fantasy, and a baby blessing, well, the baby's cute, and it's lovely to have a new baby in the family. But death is the one that people don't want to deal with, and, and yet they have to. They have to deal with their own death, and they have to deal with the death of loved ones. So for me, because I'm relatively comfortable with it, and because I'm very sure about the fact that there's really, in truth, no death, there's a change of state, definitely, and a change of state such that we cannot see the person once they have so-called died. But I'm familiar with spirit communication and know that I I have my own capacity to communicate with loved ones who've passed on. And I've always been fascinated reading about near-death experiences as well. So for me, I think it's not such a tragic or traumatic um, event uh, when I think about death. And I think that's helpful to other people when they're going through the grieving process because at least someone in the room, me, is not freaking out about the death. I'm very comfortable with the fact that this is a transmutation of energy, and, and I like to see it that way. Also, I think the reason that we as a culture tend to uh, resist death or be afraid of it is because we've been trained to believe that it's the punishment for sin. And this goes back to Genesis when Eve was so-called the wicked sinner who tempted Adam, 
into uh, sexual sexual pleasure, and therefore the whole of the human race was then condemned to mortality. And in the goddess religions pre-Christianity and pre-Judaism, the ancient people understood that the goddess gave life, and also when a person died, that they were being reabsorbed back into the body of the goddess. And the women or the priestesses in the goddess religions were the ones who were there at the birth of a baby, and they were there at the death of a person as well. So they were constantly cradling either the newborn or the one who was moving through the death portal. They were cradling them in their arms and understanding that, again, it's a transmutation of energy, whether someone is arriving or whether someone is leaving. It's um, part of the cycle of life and death. So there was a comfort with death and acceptance of it and embracing of it that um, I feel like I've somehow inherited that and I, and I don't feel shocked or afraid about death. So preparing for a ceremony where there's a traumatic release is um, it, it's, it's, it's never easy, of course, for the people who are releasing a loved one. And when I talk about traumatic release, maybe I should just uh, define what I mean by that so that the listeners know what I've got in mind when I say that. So, for example, one traumatic release would be a miscarriage. And typically in our culture, there's a little bit of shame about miscarriage, apart from the fact that it's absolutely, it must be so painful and so traumatic for the, the would-be mother, but there's a, a sense of, I need, I need to cover this up. I, need, I mustn't talk about this. And that, for me, is very sad that someone can't or doesn't have permission to really grieve openly about the loss of a little one. And then abortion. Um, some people have abortion. Well, people have abortions for various reasons, but it's probably never going to be an easy thing to, do, to have to decide upon. So once the baby starts growing in a woman's womb, then all the hormones start to flood her system and everything within her is saying, keep this baby, keep this baby, keep this baby. And so to have to consciously, deliberately let the baby go is a very traumatic thing to do. And there have not been ceremonies to allow someone to move through this rite of passage with, with dignity, with grace, with a, with a willingness to, to heal and to release. And I believe that in the case of a miscarriage or an abortion, that the, the mother and the spirit of the unborn child, those, those spirits are connected. And to prepare a ceremony, I would want to really focus in on that connection, that that, that soul chose that mother for that amount of time because that's what it needed for its own journey in the spirit world. So it's nothing bad, nothing wrong, nothing shameful. It's just this is a spirit, an aspect of the spiritual journey that's particularly painful on the earth plane, but it's not bad or wrong, and it can actually be something that expands and uplifts people as well if they are allowed to move through the process of grieving in a ceremonial way. I had um, a client in South Africa when I first came back here to start my church, and her little boy was about four years old and diagnosed with leukemia, and he'd been complaining of having a tummy ache, and and the mother didn't really understand that it was very serious. So by the time he was diagnosed with leukemia, he was near the end of his life on the earth plane. He, there were about three weeks left, and then he died. And the mother uh, came to me to help 
help with the memorial service. And then afterwards, she joined my classes in spiritual growth. And it was as if her, by her son dying, he was the catalyst and the way shower for her to really enter into her spiritual journey in a very committed way. So that was the blessing, well, one of the blessings that emerged from her son dying. There's, there's usually always a blessing, uh, some, some growth, some expansion, something that had to happen that could not have happened unless that little one had died and, and gone ahead. Right, right. That was a long so answer to your question. Yes, it does. It's, I'm like, oh, I mean, talking about these topics, you know, nobody wants to talk about death or losing um, anyone. But I, I noticed mm. that you do have experience facilitating memorial services for people who have committed suicide or been murdered or, or died suddenly in a car accident. Or uh, mm. you did talk about a parent who had experienced the death of her own child. So. Um, is that visioning process the same as you would for a wedding, um, a baby blessing? Is that process the same? You know, uh, thank you for asking that because I, I didn't mention visioning in relationship to memorial services. And typically when I'm preparing a memorial service, I don't vision with the family. So uh, whether it's the, a memorial service for someone who's old and just died in their hospital bed or whether it's a memorial service for one of these traumatic uh, events. It doesn't matter. I, I tend not to do visioning with the family. I, I ask, ask the family to meet with me and then we prepare the service together and I ask them to do certain tasks like uh, pick a song that the child or the person would have liked or find a reading that would be meaningful for the person who passed on. And I, I give them tasks and I help them put together the ceremony and I, I encourage them to share their stories of their loved one who's passed on. And that's how I assist them in the healing journey. I help them to grieve by telling stories and telling anecdotes and sharing memories. So that's really important for them to do that in a sacred space. But while they're doing that, I'm also picking up my sense of this person because often it often happens in, in our culture today that the spiritual leader of a community doesn't necessarily know the person who's died and passed on, that doesn't always happen. So my right. job is to get, get to know the person who's died so that when I do the service for them, that everyone would, in the audience would think that I knew them personally. And um, that's really important that I'm not just up there as an impersonal ceremony leader. I, I need to be the one who can really honor this person. So after the family leave me and I'm I'm ready then to write my script for the service. That's when I engage with the person who's passed over. And I ask them, okay, what do you want me to say at your service? What songs do you want? What music do you want? What poems do you want? And I just wait and listen, and I usually get my own intuitive thoughts. And I often used to just sit down by my CD collection and let my hands wander to the CD that wanted to be picked. And so I very, very intuitively, I... I don't really vision, but I open myself up spiritually to connect with the person who's died. And I ask them to work with me to create the service. And that really works. And people come up to me usually at the service and they say, well, I thought you knew him. And, <laughs> or how did you know my mum like Frank Sinatra? And, you know, I usually, I mean, I don't mind telling you. I know that you're so open and you, you're with me on all of this. But a lot of people, you know, they come to a memorial service and the grief is, completely overwhelming for them and I typically I don't share with them that I'm 
psychic or that I tuned into the dead person or that we had a conversation the night before because I know sometimes for a lot of people it's freaky for them. They, they you know, we were witches and burned at the stake at one time for saying these kind of things. <laughs> it's not always a wise move to, to share this yes. stuff with people who are in grief. But yes. then if they want yes. to come to me afterwards and talk more and, and find out more about how I do what I do, of course, I'll be open then. When there's a when there's a question or an inquiry, of course, I'll speak. But at the memorial service, I just say, well, I just, it was just a lucky hunt. You know, it was a hunch and, or it was just a just a spontaneous thought. Or, you know, just I pass it off that way. I don't, I don't want people to get freaked out. <laughs> right. You start telling people you're intuitive or, you know, you speak, you're a medium, you speak with the spirit. You know, they, they don't really know what that is, but... Um, it's it's a good thing that you are inviting the spirit into your spiritual work to help humanity, and I think that's what sets you apart from many other uh, ministers who perform sacred ceremonies. Uh, yeah, you're right. I, I, it's what I do. I think is very unique. Uh, it's just it's my style, you know. And I I did obviously I, as I shared in the beginning, I had wonderful teachers, um, but I really ran with it, and I really began to develop my own particular way of doing ceremonies. So each one is different. I might have a basic script that I would work with, which has a beginning, a middle, and an end. But pretty much, I'm doing my best to make it completely unique for the for the family who's asked me to do the service for them. Okay. So now, when it comes to traumatic release. Um, do you work with any families or um, individuals who have PTSD? Um, interesting question. Um, I so the first thing that came to my mind when you asked that is um, when I before I became a minister, I would do um, psychic healing and aura and chakra balancing. And I did have a person who came to me. Uh, he'd been fighting at the border in the army, and he was very. Yeah, he had a lot of uh, trauma, post-traumatic stress. And pretty sure we did um, like an exorcism, which in those days, sometimes that just, that's what came to me, that there was something demonic that had taken over in that person. And then I just prayed and asked for to be used as an instrument to help remove whatever this energy was. Um, when it comes to ceremonies and post-traumatic stress syndrome, honestly, I haven't, I haven't done anything like that. But what a great idea. What a great idea to to work with someone in that way. Yeah, so thank you. <laughs> something to look at and something to vision on maybe just to help people with ceremony because ceremony is so wonderful. It goes beyond the rational mind. It goes beyond language. So it's not something that it's not the same kind of experience that you could get from going to a psychologist or a spiritual therapist. There's something about sitting in that energy of a sacred ceremony where everything that happens is part of the movement of the spirit and it's working towards a climax of a transformational shift. So if someone had post-traumatic stress syndrome, then I would design a ceremony with them to, to assist them with, their, with liberation from whatever it was that had traumatized them. And I don't know how I would do that because I would only know once we started visioning, I would get ideas and insights as to how to set that up. So I couldn't really yeah. give you an example of that right yeah. now because it would have to be in the moment that I would be doing it with the person who would ask me to help them with it. I understand because that's just how the spirit works. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's so in I the totally moment. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, well, um, do you have anything else that you would like to share with us before we go to break? Um, uh, I think I think we've handled the traumatic release, or did you want to speak more about that after the break? Uh, well, if we have time, we definitely can do so. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no, let's have the break and we'll just, um, I'll just tune in while you're having your commercial break and then we'll see what comes out next time we speak. Okay, this is Dr. Elise with Reverend Stephanie Clark. We're going on a quick break and when we return, we will continue the conversation about death and traumatic release. Stay tuned. Do you wonder why it is important to understand our true birth identity? Do you know your spiritual gifts and talents? Do you wonder how to tap into your creative genius? Everybody has a talent in something. Through the 501c3 not-for-profit Elise Spiritual Healing and Wellness Center, Minister Dr. Elise has proven to thousands through her creative meditations, intuitive readings, life coaching, books, audio CDs, mobile apps, online courses, seminars, class tours, and workbooks that by learning how to tap into your creative genius, you can manifest your dreams and heart's desires in every area of your life. With six steps to tapping into your creative genius, you will get a closer look at each step that is required to help you connect to your intuition through creativity, meditation, and mindfulness. Discover why connecting to your intuition is the solid foundation in which you need to manifest your dreams. Gain a new perspective on nature, spiritual practices, creativity, meditation, mindfulness, and how they relate to your overall born identity. It is your divine birthright to live boldly and intuitively. You are a creative genius. Connect to your intuition. Manifest your dreams. Discover your creative genius now. You can get your copy on Amazon.com or directly from our online store at www.elisehealingcenter.com. We're back on the Elise Intuition Radio Show with Dr. Elise and special guest, Reverend Stephanie Clark, and we're here discussing traumatic release. Reverend Clark? What else would you like no. to share with us about traumatic release? Well, uh, I think that part of traumatic release, uh, like if someone dies in an accident or it, part of the trauma is the shock. Like it's a sudden thing and it's unexpected. And I remember, I remember doing a ceremony for a young woman who had died in a car accident. And we, I, I, the, the mother was a friend of mine. Um, and so she asked me to help her with the memorial service. And we had another a mutual friend who joined in with the preparation as well. And she said she had been in the, in, the, in the space with this lady before she had passed on, maybe a couple of days before she died. And she noticed that the girl, I think her name is Jennifer, I can't remember now, it was so many years ago, but she said, um, Jennifer was like saying to everybody, look at me, look at me. And she was demanding attention in a way that she had never had done before. And my friend Jackie said that it was just unusual that she was being that way. And then when she died a couple of days later, Jackie understood that, oh, I see. She, she knew that she wasn't going to be on the earth for much longer. And she knew that she wanted to desperately create connection with people before she passed on. That's why she was so insistent about them giving her attention. So even though these things are sudden, I also think that, that people do somehow know that something's happening, something's moving, you know, the ones who are about to leave this earth, they have premonitions or intuition or a knowing that 
something big is going to happen, something's going to change drastically. It doesn't necessarily make it any easier for the person who's left behind. I'm not sure, look, I haven't been in this position, but I'm not sure that it would be an entire shock for the person who does pass over. I do have a sense that people, people know that it's, that it's happening, that the energy is changing, something's shifting. Yes, yes. When, yes, I agree with you because when I attended the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts in Tempe, Arizona, mm-hmm. when we studied um, end-of-life ceremonies and just the overall end-of-life cycle, um, people mm-hmm. do, they are aware, they do get those um, intuition and premonitions as you state. Um, you know, mm-hmm. many people plan, you know, their death. Like, that's how they choose mm-hmm. to leave the earth plane so thank you so much for sharing that information with us it's been Mm -hmm. a pleasure having you on our show and you know we would love to have you back um, if your schedule permits what an honor i'd love to come back it's so lovely to talk to you dr elise thank you you're welcome before we end our show could you just let everyone know let everyone know how to reach you again sure yes thank you for for letting me do that so the best way to reach me is through my website, which is uh, timelesstransitions.net, www.timelesstransitions.net. And that's where you can also sign up for a free copy of my ebook, Seven Steps to Creating a Healing Memorial Service for a Loved One. Thank you so much, Reverend Stephanie Clark. We are now going to take another short break. When I return, I will be sharing with you messages from the Spirit. Lovely. Stay tuned. Thank you. I will. Good news, great news, amazing news. The Beauty Brand's annual leader sale is here. Protect that gorgeous do of yours with professional salon products. Save up to 72% on over 250 top brands like Biolaws, Redken, Hemp's, Paul Mitchell, and more. Pamper your mane and pamper it good. I'm excited. You're excited. We're all excited. It's Leader Sale! Beauty Brand's annual Leader Sale. All your favorite salon professional shampoos and conditioners starting at just $14.99. Get to your nearest store or visit beautybrands.com. What a matchup! And what a team, Mike! Metro PCS and the iPhone SE for $0 on a network that covers 99% of people in the U.S. Oh, impressive. Play with the best. Switch to Metro PCS and get a 32-gig iPhone SE for $0. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax and $10 activation fee. Claim based on talking tax. Not valid for active numbers currently on our T-Mobile network or active on Metro PCS in the past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. We're back on the Elise Intuition Radio Show with Dr. Elise. While we were on break, I received some intuitive insights for you, and I intuitively selected a postcard from the Spirit using Colette Baron reeds system. Let me share them with you. Dear you, there is only one you, and you have a unique place in the universe. Sometimes situations come up that challenge you to be authentic, and that means you have to be fully yourself and let go of being what you think others may want. Now, It's not the time to confirm to other people's standards or expectations. Be proud of who you are and be courageous. Stand tall in your conviction. Being yourself is a powerful statement and will only lead you to success and ultimately happiness. Don't compare yourself to other people. Want what you have. Choose what your heart 
and know that your purpose is yours alone. No one else can claim your magic or take it away. When you place authenticity and originality high on your list of priorities and give them a prominent place in your awareness, extraordinary things happen. Your life is a beautiful one. Love you always and forever. What a beautiful message from the spirit, guys. You know, in this episode, you know, we've been talking about the various passage of right here in our lifetime. And, you know, to to get a message about not comparing yourself to other people and knowing that your purpose is yours alone, no one else can claim that or even take it away, is powerful. Some additional messages that I got were, you know, self-confidence through God-confidence. Believe in yourself by believing in God working through you. You need to know that you are not alone, and as long as you are connected to your intuition, you will have the information that you need to pursue your purpose on a daily basis. I also got a message about forming healthy communication in relationships. It may be time for you to have that heart-to-heart discussion and clear assertive communication so that you can understand, you know, what is being communicated to you in any relationship in any area of your life, but in the same token so that you can be understood. Now, the angels show me here that it's time for you to create space for new love. You know, what that may mean is you may be at a place to where it's time for you to open your eyes and really see that you are a spiritual being having human experiences and experience the truth about you being a multidimensional being. That means that you have more than one gift, you have more than one talent, and it's time for you to diversify your interests and your passion by creating space for new love. That may mean that you may need to create some space to manifest this new love, this new idea. When a thing hurts your eyes, stop looking at it. When it hurts your ears, stop listening to it. And when it hurts your heart, stop justifying it. So, I mean, that's a a very powerful message from the spirit guys because you know you don't like something you have the power to make a change you may not be able to change the situation or a particular person but you do have the power to change yourself and how you look at the situation two numbers that came up in the intuitive insights were the number seven and the number 77 Typically, when I see the number seven in intuitive insight, that typically deals with personal growth, meaning there may be areas of your life where, you know, school can't teach you this stuff. You have to learn it either through experience or you may decide to find a mentor, a life coach, or some type of person to where you may become an apprentice to learn the skill of what it is that you need to know so that your own personal mastery continue. The number 77 is typically associated with spirituality. And, guys, it just really goes back to no matter what your faith is, you need to be in touch with the spirit, with the great divine, so that you can understand who you are and why you're here. I hope that these messages resonated with you. If you would like to contact me, you can go to our Healing Centers website, 
www.elisehealingcenter.com or find us on Facebook at Elise Spiritual Healing and Wellness Center. You can also find me on Instant Go as Arizona Elise. If you have any life questions, then send them to askdrelise at gmail.com, and I would answer them via video response on our YouTube channel. I want to thank you all for tuning in to the Elise Intuition Radio Show. Thank you, Reverend Stephanie Clark, for being a guest on our show. Please join me every third Wednesday of the month at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will have another guest. On our show next month, this is an episode that you don't want to miss, so stay tuned. Please share this episode out to family, friends, and whoever interested in learning more about sacred ceremony. Have a great week, and I'll see you back here next time. Remember, you are loved, you are valued, and you are competent. You've been listening to the Elise Intuition Radio Show, hosted by Dr. Elise Holland. This hit show comes to you live every third Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Blog Talk Radio. Each show is empowering you to transform your life by connecting with your higher self through intuition, meditation, and mindfulness in all areas of your life. If you've missed any part of this show or want to find out more about Dr. Elise, visit Elise healingcenter.com that's elise healingcenter.com you've hiked all day climbing rocks crossing over streams and winding through dense pine and then through the clearing you see the summit as the sun sets beyond the hills and you think to yourself wow this must be one of life's perfect moments because I can get a sweet offer on the Mercedes-Benz I've wanted all summer at the summer event. Like the 2018 GLC SUV. Hurry into the summer event today. Once it's over, you'll have plenty of time to hike, climb, and see all the beautiful things nature has to offer. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. You've hiked all day. Climbing rocks, crossing over streams, and winding through dense pine. And then, through the clearing, you see the summit as the sun sets beyond the hills. And you think to yourself, wow, this must be one of life's perfect moments. Because I can get a sweet offer on the Mercedes-Benz I've wanted all summer at the summer event. Like the 2018 GLC SUV. Hurry into the summer event today. Once it's over, you'll have plenty of time to hike, climb, and see all the beautiful things nature has to offer. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing.